This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Well, hi, I'm here today with Enza Lilly. Hello. She's headquartered or really works geographically out of the North Shore of Massachusetts into Boston, and she helps moms bring new people into the world. So now you work, you are obviously geographically located, you know, so you basically go a certain geography. How far do you go from here? Um, usually within 30 miles. So we're on the North Shore of Boston, so will you go into Boston? I will go into Boston. Okay. I do charge a little bit more to go into Boston, but I do. Right. I, and I sometimes you can find me in New Hampshire. Okay. I have done Catholic Medical Center there in uh-huh. Exeter. Not very often. Right. So do you think about it from the point of view of the hospital or the birthing center? Is that sort of the anchor points for yes. you? Yes. So if somebody called you from Lexington, are you immediately thinking, well, what, what hospitals in Lexington? Correct. That's how you think about That's it? That's how I think about it. Interesting. So how do you, do you do marketing? Very little. My website mm-hmm. speaks volumes. Right. I occasionally will put my card up sure. in coffee shops. I have done the baby bash, the okay. annual Danvers baby bash, which okay. I'll do again this year. But that's that's really all I do in marketing. Interesting. That's cool. But it sounds like, are you fairly busy? I mean, it sounds like you're booked. Oh, I'm very booked. So I guess what we're saying is if you're going to have a baby or thinking about having a baby, call in first. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait till you're... 36 weeks pregnant to call for either me or any doula. I'm already pretty much booked until the end of September. Wow. So what would happen if somebody came to you and said, I really want to hire you? Obviously, they're doing it a little late. Mm-hmm. So that's, you prefer them to somebody maybe? If I'm really crazy, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll take them on. <laughs> but most of the time, yes, I have a couple other doulas that I will refer okay. them out to. So, now, are there professional organizations for doulas? There are. And are you a member of those? Or? I am currently not a member. Uh-huh. But then, if you want to search for a doula, what do you do? Now, you, we've talked about your website. And what's the URL for it? It's www.amommiesfriend.com. Okay, and it's M-O-M-M-Y-S. Okay, yes. Amommies Friend. Okay. No apostrophe. Right. No. No. So years ago, I was trying to come up with a name for my business and I was asking around and trying to come up with different things. And a client of mine said, I really don't care what you call yourself, but to me, you'll always be a mommy's friend. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I like that because I, I do become their friend. And I think it describes me. I'm loyal. I'm dependable, committed. I'm a friend. Yeah, that's cool. So if you're looking for a doula, all right, you can go to a mommy's friend. What happens when you search for a doula? I mean, is it is it a commercial business? I mean, or is it individuals like you? Because I imagine you have a choice if there are. I mean, I can go and get a doctor. I can go to a hospital or I can go to a, a single practice, you know, or maybe a three doctors that work together. Is that the same in the dual world? So there are some bigger corporations uh-huh. that you have them, a corporate, like a specific corporation who will have doulas and lactation consultants. And it's kind of like a one-stop shop. There are a few of those in the area, but mostly we're just self-employed. Okay. We're 
one one man doula. How do you say that? One doula? One woman? One doula doulas? Uh, yeah, doula doulas. So let's talk about your business a little bit from a technology point of view. You know, we obviously we helped you with your website. And, and again, you made it very easy because you've got a great personality. You've got a great story to tell. You've got very engaged visitors. So, you know, you go to Amazon and you're like, well, do I want to buy that or do I want to buy that? And it's very easy for you to passively just click off of that and go somewhere else. When you're considering a relationship with somebody who's going to be there at your you know, birth, it's like, well, that's a little bit more intense. So right. uh, that's a huge benefit to your website is that um, when, you, when you have that very motivated buyer or in-person engaged, we can we can present data to them and they're going to then consume it. Uh, but one of the most difficult things on the web right now is sort of our attention deficit disorder. You know, we always want the fastest things. You know, Twitter is 140 characters. We want it all summarized and we want to be able to think we've got it and go on. That's not how people are wired to be, you know, a million miles wide and a millimeter thick. They want to, you know, we're wired like I think you're discovering and the value you offer is the depth of relationship. Correct. And so, you know, it's key that the website communicates that. Now, you have heard, rightfully so, that there's all these malware out there. These particular ones we're talking about are WannaCry and Petya. So there's, there's these ransomwares out there, malware, specifically ransomware called WannaCry and Petya. What they do, and there's many others as well, is you go to a website, you click on something, it might be an image or whatever it is, or a link, and the process of doing that installs a piece of malicious software on your computer. And this is why it's very important to have up-to-date antivirus and anti-malware, because hopefully your antivirus and anti-malware will detect that and stop it. The problem is there's these things called zero-day exploits, which come out right now. It's a zero day. So they, the virus company hasn't had a chance to write the, the block for it. And so that's what we're seeing is a few weeks ago we had WannaCry, which was an exploit based on some research and some weaponization that the NSA did. They created software that allowed them to infiltrate computers. WikiLeaks leaked that information and the details of how to create that. And it turned out it was an unpatched hole in a Microsoft operating system. Microsoft was very frustrated with the NSA because if they had told them about it, they would have patched it. But the NSA is in a spy game, so they don't want right. to close the door. You know, it's like you left the window open in your basement and nobody knows about it. It's not that obvious, but that's effectively what it is. And so the NSA could crawl in through that window and do anything they wanted in the house. And so WannaCry made this available to the world in, at large. Microsoft immediately patched it. But the problem is, is, how does that patch get installed? Not everybody puts their patches on. Not everybody is um, concerned about the hygiene of their computer. Because it's just out of sight, out of mind. They don't know. And what happened is a lot of people got bitten by WannaCry. WannaCry was written in such a way that if it got into your basement, it could use all the secret tunnels to all the other basements in town. Okay, you can literally connect to another computer, connect it to your Wi-Fi or to your LAN, and infect that computer, and then on and on and on. And okay, well, so what? It infected it. Well, what they did was 
they do, there's this whole thing going on now called ransomware, where I go into your data and I encrypt it and hold it hostage, but you cannot decrypt it. So it's scrambled with a secret decoder ring that they haven't given you. Then they pop up a message and they say, oh, by the way, we've just encrypted all your data. And if you want to get it back, you have to pay us. Now, in 10 years ago, if you said, how am I going to pay you? Because if I give you my credit card, first of all, I don't want to give my credit card to a thief. Correct. Or, and if I send you a check, I'm sending it to somebody, and they go and go to arrest them. Well, the appearance of Bitcoin, which is somewhat anonymous way to transfer value, transfer finance money, has, has come out. So now I can pay something to somebody by sending it to a, an address. And I can't know where it goes after that. I, I can, but it's very difficult to track down how it actually gets in the pocket of the criminal. And so Bitcoin has done some really cool stuff, but it's also enabled criminals to be able to extort money and not be explicitly caught. You know, because you have the movie where you're, you've, you've got a hostage situation, bring me the bag of money, somebody has to physically pick up that money, that cash. And we can have a helicopter watching them and then follow them to where they're going. So that now has been mitigated by Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I can't put a helicopter up there watching where the money is going. And so it's made ransomware a really attractive way to do things. So the Petra virus, which is fascinating, uses the exact same threat vector that the WannaCry used. Oh, wait a minute. WannaCry came out a month ago or two months ago. Why didn't the people patch it? Why didn't they? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know why. Right. You know? And so it's sort of like uh, I come to your house and I say, hey, your basement window's open in the back. And you say, oh, my gosh, that's that's right. You know, and then I go to your neighbors, and your basement window's open in the back. You lock yours. Are you going to call the guy over to come over and fix the glass and, and fix it? Your neighbor didn't do anything. So now there's another exploit. We killed WannaCry. Another exact same exploit with actually some more stuff added on, and it goes in and infects your neighbor's face. So what you're really saying is that everyone is susceptible to this. It's not just targeted towards large corporations or large businesses. Always worried about keeping current with IT? Savior Labs is an IT and web services firm that cares for your business and team. Savior Labs solves problems so you can focus on what you do best. Prepare for 2018 with a free IT assessment. Just follow the link in our show notes and enter code SAVIOR, S-A-V-I-O-R. There were some news reports where they were talking about this morning Merck was targeted. They may have been targeted. There is a way to target things and try to do that and get try to exploit a target. But most of it is just happening by circumstance, just propagation, just happening. People go places, something bad happens. And the bad thing happens because they didn't put all the protections in place. So for us small business owners, my fellow doulas, mm-hmm. So we just have to make sure that our security updates are where they need to be. That's one thing. But the real important part is here is you need to have a backup of your data. And now different people understand or hear the word backup and interpret it differently. A backup does not mean a hard disk connected to your computer with a copy of your files on it. It's technically not a backup. It is a second copy, but the issue is with WannaCry or Petra, 
it will encrypt those files as well because it's connected. So in order for a backup to be a backup, it has to be separate and disconnected. So if you're going to make a copy of it, and let's put it in the simplest terms, you buy an external hard drive, you copy all of the files over to it, you disconnect that hard drive and put it in the bank vault. That is technically a backup. Because if the place where the computer is ceases to exist, oh, no big deal, I have my backup. Whereas if it's right next to your computer and there's a fire, the backup just burned up. So it's, it's not just a semantic argument about the word, but really what is a true backup? No, that's a copy of your files. You know, so and a backup is a little bit more. So you say, well, wait a minute, it's a real hassle to do that, take that disk and move it to the bank every week or every day. And yeah, it is. And that's why most people don't do good backups. So now, given the speed of the internet that we have in our homes and businesses, we can do online backup. So online backup's great because what it can do is back up everything by the moment. So you make you go and type a letter in, the minute you save it, it's being backed up. So but that's still not good enough because I go and type a letter, I save it, the ransomware, it encrypts that file and backs up the file to the to the cloud. It's encrypted on the cloud. A key, key point of backup in the cloud is that you have to have multiple versions. So, and most of them offer that. We, we recommend Backblaze almost universally. So when Backblaze, you go to the web interface, you can say, okay, letter to Paul. I can bring that up and it said, oh, you have a version from this day and a version from that day. So the one on Thursday is when I got hit with the ransomware. That's encrypted. But if I go back to the Wednesday version, it's not encrypted. So at most, you'll lose a day's worth of work. Uh, or even not even that, because it's doing it continuously. So you should use almost no work. So all of that, all of those words, is the key is to have good backups that are up to date. You can feel great about saying I have an external hard drive and I put it on the shelf next to my computer. That's sort of a backup. As long as it's disconnected, it becomes a backup. My problem with that is, is that if there's a fire, you don't have that protection. So then you say, well, okay, I have an office, I'll keep my computers there, and I'll bring the disk home. That's a true backup, you know. But then you sort of forget, you're busy, you're running out, oh, I forgot to do the backup. You really don't want backups that are dependent on humans. You want to make sure that they're just happening. So what if you have been attacked by this ransomware? You have to pay for it, usually. There's no other way to get around you it. No, there have been ransomwares that people have figured out how to decrypt. Okay, so that it is possible to do that. So for this particular ransomware, you have to send a certain amount of Bitcoin, a number that it indicates a Bitcoin in a wallet, to a certain email address, which is no longer working. So if you got encrypted, right now you're in a no man's land because you can't get your data back because the people who were taking the money, their email address got shut down. So how do you get to the people that have the key to unlock your data? Right. So it is so much easier just to be proactive about this stuff. I mean, Backblaze for individual users is $50 a year, a oh. year. So, and it, un, it backs up unlimited amount of data. In businesses, we use that for all of our business clients. For every user in the business has Backblaze on their machine. We also back up servers and all that kind of stuff. But there's been too many cases where people are supposed to store things on the server and they don't. 
and it's an important spreadsheet or correspondence that they happen to have on their computer, and it's now gone. We've never been um, bitten by any of our clients getting uh, ransomware or malware in that way, which is, you know, hopefully will remain the case because we're pretty diligent about patches. But if there's other people listening to us out there, you've got to have a good backup. I can't sing the praises of Backblaze high enough. They're just great. There's other ones, Carbonate, Mosey. I've found that Backblaze just works so well. So placing something on Google Drive. Well, it depends. If you have Google Drive and you have the Google Drive app installed, that'll encrypt it. It'll encrypt everything on Google Drive. Because if you notice, you just when you save something on Google Drive, you don't browse to a website. You go to that folder and just drop something in. Right. Same thing with OneDrive, the same thing with Dropbox and Box.com. All of those have the ability to sync to your computer. And if you're using that sync, the, you go get the ransomware, it'll encrypt everything there, and then push it up. Now, some of them, Dropbox and I think Box has versions, so you could go back. Okay. Um, but I don't know about Google Drive if it has versions for everything. So that's something to be concerned with. But even that, there is this assumption by people that, oh, I'm storing it in the cloud, I don't need backup. That is not true. There hasn't been that many catastrophes with online storage, but there could be. And they are not offering redundant, resilient storage as a general part of that. There will be the day when, oh, we've lost this, and sorry, and we're going to point out in our contract where, see, it says we weren't guaranteeing it. So it's really incumbent upon you as a computer user to make your own backups. So have I scared you? I just need to go home and make sure that all my security updates are. <laughs> you put a bag over your head, right? <laughs> I need to make sure I'm patched. <laughs> That's right. Do, do do that. Do have the doula do that. Doula do. Doula do. Don't be doula right. <laughs> so we've been talking with Enza Lily of a mommy's friend doula service. What's the actual title? A mommy's friend. Mommy's friend doula okay. service. Doula service. Okay. And she's headquartered or really works geographically out in northern, the North Shore of Massachusetts into Boston. And she helps moms bring new people into the world. Is that fair? That's fair. Thank That's you for fair. having me. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And look for her, her book. And you were recently in Voyager Boston? Boston, Boston Voyager. Voyager? Yes, Boston Voyager mag- online magazine. Okay, cool. So if you want to get some insight into that, but and your website is amommiesfriend.com. Correct. M-O-M-M-Y-S, friend. Correct. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at pdparisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash pdparisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.